in your Bibles to John 14. John 14. Um, just a couple of notes while you're getting there. Uh, <clears throat> I think pretty much everybody knows, but if you uh, have tithes or offerings, we haven't been passing the basket around because um, since the pandemic, maybe we can start doing that again pretty soon. But there's a basket over here. Um, or there's also, you can send the, always send it into the church P.O. box. Um, or there's actually a, a way to give online too, um, just in case anybody um, didn't know that already. And uh, in this second, we're going to pray. It seems like we pray a lot around here, <clears throat> which is a good thing. Um, I found personally with me, even when I was in, in school in preaching classes, the times that I didn't pray before I even preached a little message in preaching class, it didn't go so well. So I've learned the hard way. Always pray, even if it's just a little something right before you preach. If you ever wonder, boy, he sure prays a lot. That's why there's very rare rare occasions that I I don't. Um, And so um, with that, let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to once again open your word and have have the chance for you to share with us. Lord, I pray that you will um, do exactly that. However you can use me, Lord. Um, but if you need to bypass me, please do that. I'm just wanting to have everyone hear from you. It's not about me or what I can study. It's about what you have to share. And so I pray that you'll do that this morning. Um, I pray that if there's any way that we need to change, do that. Lord, convict us or encourage us. If there's things that you want to teach us this morning, I pray that you'll do that by your Spirit. Lord, if there's ways that um, you need to bring healing or bring a a course correction, uh, do that, Lord. Lord, I submit to you as I'm up here, and I ask that you would help us all to submit and to hear from your Spirit this morning. Uh, We bind every evil assignment from this place that would try to Uh, get us off track or to uh, influence in the wrong way. And Lord, we, in turn, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and grace us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. In John 14, verse 22, uh, one of Jesus' disciples, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, not the betrayer, but another Jude, said, said to him, Lord, He's asking Jesus, Lord, what then has happened that you're going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? That question, it's it's kind of like this. Um, I remember uh, when um, uh, Prince William married um, Kate Middleton. Did anybody remember that? I believe it was 2011. It was really. It came on really early. We were in Oklahoma still at the time. It came on really early. We actually got, I believe it was Karis and Kalen at the time up because um, Kyria was still just a, a little tot and Kyla was a an infant. But we got them up to see um, the wedding of um, Prince uh, William and and Kate Middleton. We got them, and then in turn, also in just a few days ago, you know, we um, they made sure had them watch the funeral services for um i'm blinking on his name prince for philip thank you 
uh, because it was it was a uh, it, it's a momentous occasion, and we're not even part of the British Commonwealth. And I am assuming that um, someday in the future, when uh, Queen Elizabeth dies, and at this point, I, I feel like I should say, "God save the Queen," and may he bless her with long life. But eventually, she's going to pass away, and there will be a, a coronation of a new king, whether that's uh, Charles or William, who knows at this point. Um, but there will be a coronation, and I'm sure we will all, our family, I don't know about you, we'll all tune in, and there'll be people tuning in from all around the world. I know for me, I've never, there's never been a, a king on the throne of England in my lifetime. We, I've always known just the, the queen. So it'll be a momentous occasion, but Consider this, if the royal family said, eh, we just want it to be our little group. I think some people, if they, not the family, at least in the press, all around England, all over the British uh, Commonwealth, the Empire, would probably say, no, that's not going to work. We want to be a part. We're, we're part of this thing too, and we would like to see. Even in the United States, they would say, you know what, we'd like to see this coronation of the, of the new king, all the pomp and circumstance and all the, the, um, uh, all the ceremony and all the history that goes with, us, goes with it. We'd like to see the coronation of this new king. Wouldn't you like to see that? I know we, I would. And that's kind of what this question from Judas is to Jesus. Why are you disclosing yourself to us and to us alone? If you're the Messiah, and they believe that this way, he is the Messiah, we believe that he is the Messiah. If you're the Messiah, this coming great king that's going to come in glory, and what they're thinking, you're going to whip the Romans and, and you're going to reign on David's throne. Why are you just disclosing yourself to us? Why aren't you disclosing yourself to everybody? Now do you see the question? Lord, what's then happened that you're just going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, when the Father will, uh, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Now, one of the things, um, Tim, thank you for that, uh, about the commands earlier. Um, this is what, one thing that Jesus is, is talking about is that he's wanting the disciples to, to grasp hold of the commands of Jesus. Of course, we've been talking about love, love, your, um, love one another even as I have loved you. But everything that Jesus has said, um, what he's taught them, how he's taught them to live, how he's taught them to commune with each other and with the Father, how he's taught them to love one another, how he's taught them to um, heal the sick and raise the dead and and. Everything, everything that he's taught them, he's saying, look, guys, hold on to this. Hold this fast. Hold it secure. 
And not only do I want you to, to understand what, what I have given to you, but I am sending you the Holy Spirit. The Father's sending you this Holy Spirit. He's going to be in you, not just with you, but in you. And the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance everything that I have taught you. Now, this is great, and it says the Holy Spirit will, will, will teach us, right? And everybody says, yes, praise God. And it says that he'll bring to remembrance everything that I've taught you. Now, I don't know about you, but when I've studied for a test before, and sometimes I've prayed, Lord, even if I haven't studied, would you please give me the answer? But mostly it's, Lord, help me to remember everything that I've studied. If I haven't studied it, more than likely, God's not going to give me the answer, but I'm praying that he, he would give me those things that I've heard in class or that I've read in books or I've, I've, I've studied out the answers. And that's kind of what Jesus has said here. The Holy Spirit is going to come and bring to remembrance everything that I've taught you. How much do you guys know of this? hard to bring to remembrance what you haven't studied and what you don't know. I was asking the Lord a while back, probably in the last couple of years sometime, because I've read the Bible through a number of times. I don't know how many. I've read certain passages hundreds of times. And I've thought, Lord, you know, there are movies that I can quote almost the entire movie, and I haven't seen it a hundred times. I haven't studied it. There are books that, you know, I've read a couple, three times. I'm not going to read again because I know the book. I know the ending. Why is it that I've read and studied so much Scripture for all of my life, and I don't feel like I've just gotten it? That it's not just something that I'm saying, you know what, I've, I've arrived. I'm going to put that on the shelf because I know it. It's the living word. And I felt like the Lord kind of said, you know what, it's precisely that reason. I'm not letting you just remember it all. Because the Lord wants us to be proactive in following after him. He wants to see, are you going to do what it takes to follow? Are you going to do what it takes to be a disciple? Now, he's not leaving us alone. He's giving us the Holy Spirit to help us, to bring to remembrance, to, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to uh, say, hey, remember, when, we, when you get into that situation, to say, remember what Jesus did there? You go, oh, Steve's talking about, you know, meeting people and, and all of a sudden going, oh, what, what would Jesus do, right? What would Jesus do in this situation? Well, if you, don't, if you haven't taken this in, how will you know? The Holy Spirit will help you. But we have to do the hard part of actually ingesting. I, I, I couldn't find this uh, reference, but I think I remember hearing years ago... Um, a, a scholar named David Flusser, who is a Jewish scholar, but 
he wrote a lot on the life of Jesus. Uh, from what I heard, he's an incredible, incredible Jesus scholar, although not a Christian. Um, and he said something to the effect of, you all call yourselves disciples of Christ. He said, how can you be a disciple of Christ if you don't read the Gospels through at least once a month? Because the idea for a Jew to be a disciple is that you know this person so well, so in depth, that you know what they're going to say before they say it. You know what they're going to do before they do it. You know what they're thinking if, you know, as they're thinking it. You know how they're going to act in every situation. How much is this part of you? As I said, the Holy Spirit is here to help us. He's in us, which is even greater than being with us. But it takes us also. Jesus also said to him, said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world, as that word again, world, gives, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. These are actually imperatives. Um, it's, it's a command. Don't let your heart be troubled. And don't let it be fearful. I mentioned this not not too long ago, but you know the idea of peace in the Jewish concept is, is is not just the absence of conflict. We like to say, "Oh, peace," <laughs> you know, or you have to see the peace sign, "Peace, not war," right? You, we, you know, um, so, sometimes it gets a little bit loud in our house just because there's six people. And I say, like, "Can we have some peace and quiet, please?" You know. For it's it's can it can it peace is like let it be still let it be calm no conflict no war no no let let's have some peace but in the Jewish mindset it's even more than that the Jewish mindset is is this the peace the shalom that's why they they greet each other shalom it's it's peace it's, they also say goodbye shalom it is it's a blessing that it is so pervasive, it's a healing. Let everything be restored. It's restore, being, being restored to what God um, intended in the beginning, a restoration. Let there be peace. You know, let there be peace on earth. The Prince of Peace, the God of Restoration. You know, I, I was thinking about this passage, this little, this little verse. And I know for me, I grew up as a Christian. Um, I, I can't ever remember a time that I wasn't a Christian. I'm sure there was, but I grew up under the church pew. I grew up going to church, you know, at least you know, once or twice a week. And um, from, the very time, from the, my very young um, time, you know, what I always heard is if the government ever outlaws Christianity. 
what will you do? We're, we're going to stand. We're going to be, we're, we'll be a Christian. If the government ever says, um, you can't have a church any longer, well, we're going to go underground. I remember those, you remember those days when it was really prevalent, you, you know, with the, especially with the communist scare, and you're, you're saying, okay, you know what, if stuff ever comes like that into the United States, those are those times which you say, when you say, you know what, what, no matter what the government says, we're going to be Christians anyway. We're going to do what it takes. If they say you cannot witness for the gospel, then we're going to witness anyway. <laughs> By the way, I'm not sure right now how many people are, are witnessing and how much a difference that would make as they outlawed it. I'm sorry I'm stepping on some toes. Thank you, Steve, once again for showing us and leading the way. You know, we've got to, we've got to witness. But that's one thing. If the government says don't do it, we're going to do it anyway, right? Everybody, please say yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm in the right, I'm in the right place. Um, but you know, I think the devil's a lot more crafty. Because a lot of times what he does is um, has the government put out ideas and philosophies that are a little bit more pervasive that creep in. For example, um, evolution. There is no God. And most of the people in the church, and all of you, I, I hope, I'm sure, all you, they'll say, that's wrong, there is a God. But a lot of people who are in the quote-unquote church, well, you know what? There's something to that. Maybe there's multiple gods. Maybe there's multiple ways to Jesus. Steve mentioned, um, you know, one of the big things right now is, well, maybe, maybe everybody goes to heaven. That's, that's really coming about in, in theological circles, is that there's no hell and everybody goes to heaven. God is love, and so he loves everybody into heaven. There's no consequences. Right? But there's that, there's that little bit of the government giving an idea, and it filters into the church. Not everybody. Or abortion's okay. And most of the church says, absolutely not, it's not okay. But then you have a, a little group that will say, yeah, but there's some extenuating circumstances. And in the last few years, you've had the government say, you know what? Homosexual marriage is all right. Same-sex marriage is okay. And you've got a good portion of the church that says, no, it's not okay. God made man and woman to be together. It's one man, one, one woman, and that's what it's supposed to be. But then you've got segments of the quote-unquote church that will say, yeah, but it's about love, right? It's about these people who are wanting to be committed to each other, right? Mm-hmm. See, the government gives ideas. I believe the devil gives some ideas through the government. Not outlet, it's not outright putting laws to the church, but just these ideas that are filtering in. I was having a conversation with a friend a few months ago, and it came up. 
What about when the government says you should fear? It's easier when we have this, well, no, you shouldn't have abortion. That's murder. That's killing. I'm going to stand against that. It's an idea. No, you shouldn't witness. I'm going to stand against that. The Bible says to witness. But what about when the government says you should fear? Jesus right here says, peace I leave with you. The shalom, my peace, the peace that Jesus had, the prince of peace, I give it to you. Don't be troubled. Don't fear. I wonder if in the last year, if the church had said, we're not fearing. We're going we're gonna to be at peace through this entire thing. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about everybody else in the world. The entire worldwide church said there is no fear. I'm not fearing at all. Because my Lord told me not to fear. My Lord told me to be at peace. My Lord told me not to be troubled. I'm going to show the world the peace of the Prince of Peace. doesn't stop there. He says, verse 28, he says, You heard that I said to you, I go away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. Pause right there just a second. I want to, you know, I, I go away and then I come to you. Um, scholars kind of debate a little bit, well, what, what's this referring to? It really, I believe, is, is talking about Jesus leaving as he goes on the cross and dies for three days. But then he comes back to the disciples, right? You could say, you know, um, because it, it goes back and forth in the Gospels, some people say, oh, it's, just, it's second coming, and I believe in a second coming. However, this is, I would not say this is talking about that because it says that when, when he comes back to the disciples, it's so that they would believe. They would hear, they would see these things, and they would believe. It wouldn't help them to believe to say, in you know, 2,500 years when you're dead and gone, then you're going to believe when I come back. Make sense? Right? So it's when he shows back up and walks through the locked door and says, hey, guys, come and touch my hands. Now come and believe. Right? Now I've told you before it happens so that when it happens, this is verse 29, you may believe. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But so that the world, the, see that, that word again, world, the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father commands me. Let me um, talk a little bit more about this, because this is the ruler of the world, and, and I, I mentioned that, this, that's one of the, the key words throughout this passage is world. And I don't believe what, what he's talking about very much through this is, is the world as in the, the globe, 
the land, the, the terra firma. The, you know, he's not talking about um, every country of the world. What he is talking about a lot is the people. The people. And it's the idea of world, like um, when, you, when you say, don't be worldly, right? World system. Thank you. Don't be of the world. You can be in the world, but not of the world. And that's the idea that, that's behind this, uh, this passage. Because it talks about the ruler of the world, um, or Paul says the, uh, the God of this, of this world in, in 2 Corinthians. Um, there, is, there are not two gods. You don't have this dual, um, dual God where you've, got, where you've got God and then you've got the God devil, and they both are fighting each other. That's not it. There is one God, right? There is one ruler of the, the earth. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains. And when you look at the Jewish concept, um, is, it's that the, God, the earth is God's. It's his. It was never deeded over to the devil. The earth is still the Lord's and all it contains. But it, John, in his, in his letter, he, he says the, the whole, all of the people, they lie within the evil one. Okay, so God owns the world. But you know what? The people have submitted themselves to someone, something that is not God. Okay, so that's what it, that's what it's talking about. Is it's the the people's ruler, the world's ruler. It's a it's like a possessive. If you if you say this is this is the 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 book of Car- uh, you know of Karis, it's Karis's book, right? This is this is the this is the book of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ's book. It's the 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 world systems ruler. Does that make sense? See, but what I want us to get out of that is Jesus. He is, it says that, the, let me read it again. Um, I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the world is coming, and he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. You see, the world system is out there, and we know it's there, but it has nothing in us. This whole passage is talking about this, this idea that, that we, we are in the Lord, and he is within us. That we are separate from, now that we have him, we're separate from the world system. It's not within us. We may be in the world. We're going out and we're, we're taking what is within us out into the world. Because what we have within us is greater than, than what is in the world. And we are not underneath the, the if you will, the, the ruler of the world system. He doesn't rule us. Because we have the ruler of the earth, everything, the whole cosmos, everything that is, that ruler, he's the one that's within us. And praise God, we don't have to wait till Jesus comes back for it to happen. 
But I didn't quite answer the question here. Verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, asks, Lord, what then's happened that you're going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? And we oftentimes look at some of Jesus' answers and go, did he really answer the question? And sometimes we kind of, you know, I'll do the same thing, scratch my head and say, could this guy be that confusing? I mean, this is, this is the Son of God, really? But you know, John included the question. And he included the question for a reason. And he said, and Jesus answered. So Jesus answered the question. And I believe what the answer is, is you. The answer is you. Why are you disclosing yourself to us and not to the world? Because Jesus wanted us to disclose him to the world. Jesus came and he he gave a lot to people but he disclosed himself to those who were nearest to him, those who committed themselves to him. Why? So that they could display him to the world. And for us, it's our job to display Jesus to the world around us. How do we do that? As I said, you've got to know the scripture and live it out. It's having those commandments so that you know exactly what, you, what to do and how to act. It's having that relationship with Jesus to the, to the point that you know exactly what he would do and you're listening to that voice. And you, you've got the voice in your head and you know exactly, you know, I'm going to go here, I'm going to talk this, because it's, it's right there when that opportunity comes up. It's so a part of you that it's not about you know, uh, what are the commands here? You know them. It's such a part of who you are that it's right there in front of you. It's about showing the Prince of Peace to the world. It's about being a different people that we are not part of the world system, that we don't fear, we're not troubled. Why? Because we have the Prince of Peace within us. Would Jesus be afraid? on we're going to show this world a different type of people a people that has god living within them that's why and i mentioned this um a couple of sundays ago i believe you know the 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 Christians would go to their, this is in the early church, in the early days of the church, they'd be persecuted and they would go to their death in full peace because they knew that just, you know, they'd already died. They'd already been made alive. Jesus' resurrection made us alive. So there is absolutely nothing for us to lose. We can't be killed. 
All we can do is pass from one, close our eyes on one side and open them on the other. That's it. So look out world. Come join us. And then we're offering them peace. We're offering them what the Prince of Peace has. But we also realize that it's a world system out there that we're infiltrating. We're infiltrating with the king. It doesn't have anything in us. It doesn't have anything on us. It can't hurt us. It can't, it can't overcome us. I'm not saying it may not hurt. It could hurt. It could be, it could be painstaking. Jesus went through a whole lot. Right? Nobody in here wants to be crucified, I'm sure. But Jesus went through it. But he had also said, he has nothing in me. And the world system has nothing in us. That way we can go without fear and be the witness and show the world exactly who Jesus is. He didn't disclose himself to the world because he wants us to disclose him to the world. How are you going to do that this week? How are you going to disclose Jesus to the world this week? We have the answer. We have the answer to every question, to every problem, to every concern. People are dying out there. And not dying just physically. But they're dying and being forever, forever dying without God, without Jesus, without love, without peace. In eternal torment. And we don't, I don't think we believe it enough. We've got the answer. Question is, is, will we give it? Will we disclose it? Or will we keep it to ourselves? If you had the cure to cancer, would you keep it to yourself? Or would you give it away? Let's You are the answer to the question. Each one of you. You are the one that Jesus wants to have this to make him known in all the world. Question is, is how are we going to do that this week? Let's pray. Lord. Lord, I pray that you will give us opportunities to make you known. Give us opportunities to make you known.
I pray that you'll open those doors and shove us through because I know we'll hesitate. Thank you for your grace when we do. And Lord, I'm giving you permission with me. Lord, shove me through. Open the door and hit me on the head if you need to to let me know that that's the door that's open and to take it. So Lord, give us the opportunities, give us the words. Lord, I pray that you're you will disclose yourself through us. Show yourself through us in power and might and peace and goodness and grace and mercy and love, forgiveness, joy. Show yourself through us. And Lord, I bless each person here today. I bless them. In the name of the Lord. And I ask, you know, I continue to ask for healing. I know there's those, um, we, we prayed for Kevin and Lynn earlier. Lord, I know there are others that are home that, that, that need to be, have a touch from you. And I pray that you'll touch them. Lord, there are, there are those that um, need some other things from you. Lord, um, they need encouragement. There are those that, that, are, that are saying, I just don't know the next step. And Lord, I, I thank you that, that you're the answer for that also. Lord, I pray that you'll you'll provide that answer for what's the next step, Lord. Just just one or two lines, Lord, just a, the little little bit that people need. Lord, I pray that you'll give your blessing, your peace, your shalom, the shalom of God, your protection. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, one thing that you can do that's really easy is invite people to church. Invite people to church. Invite them. I don't know if you've invited somebody to church recently, but if you haven't, that's been that's too long. So you don't even have to witness. Say, hey, you know what? I go to this great church, and um, I'll pick you up. You know, I'll pick you up at 9.45. It's at 10, so be ready. And come with me. Okay? Easy enough. All right? So we'll see you uh, on Wednesday night. God bless you guys.